got something to sing about, don't we? What a wonderful Savior we have. I'll tell you, he's, he's, he's just right for everybody, isn't he? He sure is. Well, this morning, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Let's ask God to help us now. Father, again, we just need you. Uh, always we do. And this morning, Lord, uh, we need you to speak to our hearts. And Lord, if there be someone in this room that uh, doesn't know for sure they're going to heaven, I pray that this morning would be the day of their salvation. They would have that assurance. No, so. And Father, we're so thankful that you save us and you keep us. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us now as we look to the word of God for help in our Christian lives. And uh, Lord, just uh, have your will and way. Give us the attention of each and every person today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Most wonderful life that a person could ever have is the Christian life. Amen. I thought I might hear more amens on that, but that's all right. I guess maybe uh, if you let it sink in, you'd realize how good you have it as a Christian. We're saved for eternity. We've got a home in heaven. This is as bad as it will ever be for us right now. It only gets better. And those that are lost, it only gets worse. This is the best that they will have. And we look at the news and we think, man, what a mess. And of course it is because we're not in heaven. But I think about the, the wonderful promise of eternal life, that home in heaven at the end of life's journey. I talked about that a little bit in the Sunday school hour and how that uh, blessed we are to know where we're going. And, uh, uh, and, and, and the reason I say it's the best life because we have, number one, we have Jesus. And he meets our needs. And he's preparing a place for us in heaven that will spend all of eternity. And, 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 and he's there all the time for us. The Bible tells us he'll never leave us or forsake us. And, uh, and then not only that, I mentioned this in the Sunday school hour too, that the Holy Spirit lives within us. I mean, when I got saved, the Holy Spirit came and lived within me. You too when you got saved. Now, if you're not saved, he's not there. But if you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives within you today. And how wonderful it is to know that he's there. When I, when I, when I realize how that, that, that he witnesses to me inside, to know that I am a child of God, to know that I'm his. And, and, then, and then when I look at that and I think about what I have in Christ, I, I think, you know, the world cannot beat what we have in Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of people today have all kinds of things of this world. And yet they don't have Christ. I tell you what, all the things of this world rots. Things of this world can be stolen away. But you know, not even Satan can steal my salvation away. Thank the Lord. He can't do that. But as wonderful as it is to be a Christian, we live in this world right now where there's going to be battles. I'll be glad one of these days when the trumpet sounds or in death we go to heaven. But I'll be glad one of these days the battles will be over. I think oftentimes of some of the dear loved ones that have passed away. And one of the thoughts that come through my mind when I go to the casket and I look at that body of the one who has gone on, one of the things that I think about is this, their battles are over. Their battles are over. And I was thinking of Mr. Dubbs and I, uh, he was always such a good friend of ours and, and uh, blessed, our, blessed us in the church and the 
with all the kids and everything. But I was thinking that I went to his, I remember going to the hospital and I, I remember times he was in pain and times he was suffering. And, and uh, you know, Daniel, I thought, boy, I wish there was something I could do for him. But he was, he was just going through that. And, I, and, and, and all the battle of, of health-wise. And I remember just the day or two before he passed away up there at the hospital and, and talking with him. And, and, and uh, he was going through so much difficulty. I remember that day when I walked down to the casket. The thought that came to my mind was this, buddy, no more battles. No more battles. Everything's all right in my father's house. And just, you know, I, I thought that so many times. I've gone to many funerals and of people from here and, and you know, my own family. And I, I think about my mom had a stroke when she was 59 years old and was never the same. And all that she went through. I remember when I preached your funeral, the thought came to me again. The battle's over, Mom. The battles are over. You know, one of these days we're going to be in heaven and the battles will be over. But here's the thing. We are here now. Those beloved ones of ours have gone on and no more battles. But you and I, buckle your seatbelts. Because there's going to be battles in this Christian life. That's why we find in the book, of, or the book of Ephesians in chapter number 6, and I know I preached on the shield of faith last week, but that's why in Ephesians chapter 6 it tells us to put on the whole armor of God. We put the armor of God on because there's battles that we're going to fight. It's going to be that way in the Christian life. And many times Christians get beaten down. One of the reasons why is they just don't put on the armor of God. If you go to battle without the armor, you make yourself susceptible to the enemy. And the enemy has the fiery darts we read about in, in the book of Ephesians. And Satan has those fiery darts. Not just a pointy dart that would stick in you, but also they're fiery darts and all the damage that they would cause. And that's why we're to put the whole armor of God on. We come here in the book of Joshua. We find in this situation here that Joshua is up against some, some difficult situations. And we find here in the book of Joshua that, that what we just read, that he was to go against the city of Jericho. Jericho was a great walled city, great walls all around it. The walls were their protection. But God had set his people free. Remember how they were in Egypt? And what happened? God used Moses and they got the people out of, of there. Moses has died. Now Joshua's taken the people on. And he takes them to the place. And you think, man, what a great thing. They were set free from, from, from uh, 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 Egypt. And boy, how great it is. They're coming into the promised land. and How wonderful it was. But there was a battle. And the battle of Jericho. Most of us have heard the story before. We read, we've read the story. We've heard it in Sunday school as a child. How the children of God, God gave the, the information what to do and told them to march around the city. And then they were to shout. And what was to happen to the walls? They would come crashing down. Can you imagine? That's a miracle, isn't it? But we're talking about our God that does things like that. And so I thought about the situation that Joshua was in at that time. Here he is. He's about to go and bring all the children of Israel. This has been a bunch of griping people throughout the years. This has been people who want to drag their feet and were fearful. Now he has these people. And now he's up against the battle. Is he to run or is he to be willing to go forward and do what God wants? Well, I think we all know the story. They did what God said. And the walls came tumbling down. And God gave them. The spoils of Jericho. This was what Joshua had to face. 
But the very same things that Joshua faced, we face too. And the truth of the matter is, if we're going to have victory in our Christian life, we've got to do what Joshua did. There is a way of victory. I like the song that we sing in church, Victory in Jesus. I'm glad that we as a Christian can have victory. Shit, preacher, I've got problems and troubles and trials. Yes, we are, but here's the thing. We can have victory over those problems and trials that we have. Sometimes we can't see the end. You know, but David said about we go through the valley of the shadow of death. We go through it, but what happens we come out the other side. But there's that valley of that shadow that we'll go through. There's some times when we're going to go through some difficult situations. You say, preacher, how in the world then? How can we do it? How can we handle the situations? Preacher, sometimes it's so hard. Sometimes it's so difficult. And sometimes it just breaks my heart. I'm sure about that. But the fact of the matter is that we can have victory just like Joshua had victory. You say, well, how in the world can we do that? Well, there's several things I want to share with you this morning. Go back to verse 13 again of chapter number 5. It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn his hands, within his hand. Now you think about this. This must have been a scary situation all of a sudden. There's a man with a sword. That would scare you, wouldn't it? If all of a sudden you walk up and you look up and there's this man there with a sword. He was a little bit concerned. And in fact, what did he say? He said, and Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? He was concerned. He said, Hey, are you for us or are you against us? Well, thank the Lord we know who it was, don't we? He didn't understand it first. Look at what it said in verse number 14. And he said, Nay, but as the captain of the host of the Lord, now, our Lord, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from off thy foot, for the place whereon, whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Here, all of a sudden, this moment, now think about this. At the moment, it looks like he sees a man with a drawn sword and thinks, What am I going to do? Are you for us or against us? And boy, the comforting words, I'm for you, I'm with you. And then he told him who he was. I believe it was the Lord. And you know what Joshua did? He fell to his face. He began to worship. That's why I believe it was the Lord. He began to worship him. And, and, and then he said, take off your shoes. And this, this, this land is holy. And, and he was saying, hey, listen, I am going to give you a victory here. I am with you. I am glad that the battles of life are never handled by ourselves. He's with us all the way. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. But you see, what had to happen was this. And this is the first point of my message. What we've got to do, we've got to do what Joshua did and acknowledge the commander-in-chief. That was the Lord. You're not the commander-in-chief in your life. If you try to be, you will fail. You've got to realize that when Jesus saved me I, and saved you, we became his. He is now the commander-in-chief in our life. We're not to make our own decisions. We're to let him make our decisions for us. We're going to need to let him guide us and direct us. 
And I thought, you know, as, as Joshua lifts up his eyes, he sees this man with the, the sword drawn, and he wants to know, are you with me or against me? And But he realized who he was, and because he told him, he said, I'm the captain of the host. Joshua had to realize, I'm going into a battle, but thank the Lord. I think Joshua was saying, I'm not the captain. He's the captain. I'm glad the captain of my life is not Mark Biter. I'm glad the captain of my life is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad he's my captain. Captain of the host of the Lord. The Lord was the commander in chief. Which tells me this. The battle was not Joshua's battle. The battle was the Lord's. I don't know about you, but I just believe this. Jesus doesn't lose. Victory in Jesus. Joshua's about to go up against this fortified city. Why? What's he going to do with a bunch of griping Israelites? How's he going to handle such a thing as this? I think it brought him such peace and comfort that knowing I know who my commander-in-chief is. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll be honest with you. When I look in our world today and what our world says and our government says is our commander-in-chief scares the fire out. But I'm not scared when I know that Jesus is my commander-in-chief. You know, they can say what they want to. They can pass the laws they want to. They can try to, to say there is no God. But you know what? They raise their fists like a puny little ant to the great mighty God. And God says, I love you and I want to save you. And I know this, that he is my commander-in-chief. And I know that, hey, no matter what the world may bring, I know that God will take care of us. You say, preacher, what happens if all of a sudden, I mean, it looks like it. you got the computer chips now in us, in people, and why they're getting ready for the mark of the beast. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The commander-in-chief has already said that we that are saved will not be here at that time. They can put all the computer chips under your skin they want to, but we will not be here during that tribulation period. Lord's coming. Ooh, just like that, we're going to rise to be with him. Wonderful, wonderful thought. He's the captain. He's the commander-in-chief. It was a Lord's battle. It was really not between Israel and Jericho, but it was between Jehovah God and the gods of Jericho. We need to understand something very important. When the battle comes, we need to do this. Three things real quick here. Number one is stop. When the battle comes in your life, stop. No, I didn't say get out of church. I didn't say quit praying. Just stop for a moment. Because you know when the battle comes, you know what we want to do? We want to run. Stop. Don't run. Don't, don't run. Don't say, just stop for a moment. And then number two, do this. Listen. I'm glad that there's that small, still voice. I'm glad that God speaks to our hearts. Hey, when you got saved, the Spirit of God came live within. He speaks to our hearts. I'm, I believe that, that Joshua was so happy that day when he looks up and he sees this one with the sword. I'm glad that he didn't just run and say, oh my, there's somebody with a sword. My life's in danger. No, when he stopped. And then he listened. Oh boy, did he find out good news. It was the Lord. You see, we need to stop and then we need to listen and then we need to learn. You know, Joshua learned a great truth there that day, didn't he? Just trust the Lord. You, you remember what happened to the walls? They fell down. You know why? Because there was a man named Joshua that trusted God. He stopped. He listened. He learned. You know, understand this. God always has a plan. 
I don't always know what the plan is. Sometimes I make plans, but you know, my plans blow up. But God has a plan. I, I believe with all my heart, God knew where Mark Viter would be on this, the, what, the 25th day of, of September, 2022. God had a plan. God had a plan for you on this day, too. God had a plan that day to save me. God had a plan to call me to preach. I didn't understand it. In fact, I thought that was the farthest thing in the world, but God had a plan. I'm glad that God has plans because his plans are the best plans. My plans don't always work out. We're going to be victorious in our spiritual battle if we acknowledge Jesus as the commander-in-chief. If you've been saved two minutes, acknowledge that Jesus is the commander-in-chief. If you've been saved 50 years or 60 years or 70 years, acknowledge the fact that he is the commander-in-chief in your life. You can't go wrong when he's commander-in-chief. And here's the thing. The problems we get into is when we try to be commander-in-chief. Have you ever been in this situation where you said, well, I thought. And you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have made this, but I thought. We get ourselves in all kinds of problems when we, I was going to say think. What we need to do is trust the commander-in-chief because God always knows what's best. Secondly, it may seem strange at first to say it this way, but what we must do is accept the victory. You know, God gave Joshua victory before they took one step. Isn't that amazing? God gave victory. You say, what do you, what do you mean by that? Look, look, at, look, at, look at verses uh, 1 and 2 again of chapter 6. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. So Jer- Jericho's all closed in these walls, big, huge walls. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand, what? Jericho. Well, wait a minute, he wasn't done. He says, and who? The king thereof. And who else? And the mighty men of valor. Boy, it sure sounds to me like God's given them a full plate of victory. Wait a minute. You say, well, yeah, but preacher, they did, when God told them that, and this is what, what is amazing to me, is God told them that before they took one step on marching around Jericho. God said, I have given you Jericho. I have given you the king. And I have given you the mighty men of valor. You know, if we were if we were Joshua, we probably said, but the walls are still up. We'd probably say, I don't see any king. And the men of valor, all I got is all these Israelites. I don't see it. But you see, God sees what we cannot see. Amen. God knows, you see, here's the thing. God was still, it was his battle. He was in charge, and he already said this, I've given you the victory. Do you know what sometimes why we won't go forward in our Christian life? We're afraid we're not going to have victory. God tells, tells us this, if we'll do what he says, he'll give us the victory. The victory is ours. I like victory, don't you? I played sports in high school, and you know what? I never went into a game with the idea of losing. You say, did you ever lose? None of your business. Yes. 
Many times, we didn't, we didn't always win, but you know what? Every game we went to play, whether it was basketball or soccer or, or, or baseball or football, whatever it was, everything we did was always to win. I'll be honest with you, I still do that when it comes to checkers, or, or what's that checker? Yeah, was it checker? No, across, what's that when you put the X? X Tic-tac-toe. I played against Leah before. She only played with me one time. But you know what happened? I won. Don't look at me. You all look at me like I'm so mean. No, I want to win. And she could do this, and I go, oh, I won. She goes, I think I'm going to play with Grammy. <laughs> I, that's, you ask my family, does, does, ask my kids, does your dad like to play games? What's the answer, kids? No. You know why? Because I'm a sore loser. You say, well, you know what? You ought, to, you ought to be a good loser. You know who says that? Losers. <laughs> Amen. I want to win. You say, would you win in a running contest? I wouldn't run, win in a running contest against a baby. That's why I never enter one. Amen. But I want to win. You know what? I want victory in Jesus. I don't want to live my life in defeat. I don't live my life and come to the end and say, I didn't finish the course. I didn't finish what God wanted for me. I want to have victory. And here's the thing. God tells them before they ever took a step that you have victory. Let me tell you something. Whatever God's plan is for your life, you can have victory if you follow that plan. Jesus Christ is our victor. The victory he has already secured and even here in Joshua, standing there, where God said, hey, the city's all shut up. I mean, think about it. All the people are in there. Nobody's going in. Nobody's coming out. It's all shut up. And here, you're going to give us this? God said, it's all taken care of. We must accept the victory by faith. Remember last week I talked about, above all, take the shield of faith. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we don't see the victory, and Joshua didn't see it, but he believed God. You say, well, how do you know he did? Because he did what God said. They marched around it, didn't they? They believed him. Friends, we have a Bible full of promises. And God gives us things that we're to do. And he says this, I will give you victory if we will accept that. Realizing, number one, that he is the commander-in-chief. And then number two, that, that, that we must accept that victory even before we see the victory. You know, sometimes we look at life and say, you know, but I just don't see it. Joshua didn't see it either, did he? Can you imagine Joshua coming up to us and saying, hey, folks, uh, we're, we're going to be all right. We're gonna, we, God already gave us victory, and we're going... Look at the walls. Joshua, those are walls. They can take, I don't forget how many chariots around the top of those walls. They have houses built in the walls of Jericho. They are so thick. There is nobody going out, nobody coming in. Look at the walls, Joshua. Joshua said, wait a minute. I saw the commander-in-chief, and he told me. That city is already ours. And I know he's already told me that we are going to have victory. We need to have that faith. You see, what happens is this. No faith brings defeat. You say, but preacher, I can't see the end. Yeah, I know. 
But I know this, we win. I love the book of, of Revelation, don't you? Revelation tells us about what's going to happen one of these days. And I look and I see about all the things that are happening in, in, in the in then times. And I, and, and I see what the word of God tells me about it. And you know what? If, if we're not careful, we'll look at the end times and we'll be afraid. But, but, I, but here's the thing. I read all the book. We win. There's a breezer, but wait a minute. We're not there yet. No, we're not there yet, but we win. Why? Faith. You say, well, that's kind of silly. Was it silly for Joshua to have faith in God that day? Joshua didn't say, well, I know God said we're going to have the victory here, but, you know, I just, it just seems silly to march around that wall. You know what? It may seem silly, God's will for your life, but you do God's will, and you know what? God will give you the victory. You say, but preacher, you know, oh, Satan, he still battles me. Well, you know, we need to understand this. Satan is a defeated foe. Satan is a defeated foe, but he's not a vanquished foe yet. He's still there, but he's defeated. Satan looks and says, man, look at all the victory I have. Satan, you lose. Satan says, look what I'm doing. Look at how I am. I'm progressing in America. Look at how I am getting people now that are, that are so mad about, about, about having abortion. They want to have abortion. Afraid it's going to be taken away. Look at these people and the hatred they have. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Satan, you may think you have the upper hand, but let me tell you something. You lose, buddy. God gives the victory. Victory. This, think about this. Jericho was, I thought, what's interesting to me is verse 1 says, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. Do you know why they were shut up? They were scared. Think about it. They were afraid of the Israelites. If they weren't afraid, they would have kept it open. That's why I don't know. You know, they were afraid. They should, it was all shut up. They were in a very defensive posture. Do you know what they were living in? What sometimes you want to live in? Fear. They had a reason to be fearful. They were on the wrong team. They were on the wrong side. The people on the other side of Je with Jericho, with, uh, on the side with, with, with Joshua, those were the people that didn't need to fear. They could march around. Those people could have shot them dead from up there on those walls. They marched around, around and around as God had said, and God gave them the victory. The people inside were in fear. There is no reason in this world for us to live our life, the Christian life, in fear. Because we have the Lord. There they are inside the walls, all shut up. But the Israelites were outside there. Usually the walls were a place of safety for them. It was a place where they felt safe. They were okay. They were within those walls. But you know what? All of a sudden, those walls were not the place of safety for them. Listen carefully. The walls did not bring them the safety. And let me tell you this, too. The walls that you may put up in your life, listen carefully now is not what you need. You need the commander-in-chief. You know, think about it. What walls did the children of Israel have? They didn't have walls. They had the Lord. They had the Lord. Worldly weapons could not penetrate those walls, but I know this. The people, for a while, they felt safe in those walls. You know, the world thinks that they're doing all right, too, but there's going to be a time 
when there's going to be great fear. Can you imagine when the tribulation takes place? All of a sudden the rapture takes place. We, were, we that are saved are taken out of this whole world. Can you imagine the chaos that's going to be going on in this world at that time? Can you imagine the heartache? Loved ones missing? Babies are gone? What's going on? The fear. I tell you what, look on the other side. Look at all of us that have gone up to heaven. You think there's going to be fear? No, there's going to be rejoicing. There's going to be rejoicing. But the Israelites were not to fear because they started the conquest. I love this. They started the conquest in victory. God said, Joshua, I have given thine hand unto Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Well, that's exactly victory. And God said, I've already given it to you. Before they took one step around. Number three, we must access the power of God through obedience. Oh, don't let that word scare you, obedience. Look at verse three. The Bible says, and ye shall compass the city and the men of war and go around about the city once, thus shalt thou do six days. So he told them to go around the city one time for six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day he shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the, with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. <laughs> you know what? For them to have the victory, they had to just obey. Amen. You want victory? Obey the Lord. Uh, you know, you find folks, I'll tell you what, this is a Christian life. It's just so hard, and I just can't make it. You know what? Usually there's a problem with something. Here it is. You ready? Obedience. I, I'm telling you this. If you've not been baptized since you've been saved, you're in disobedience. Don't expect to have great victory with disobedience in your life. You know, there's some area of your life that's not what it ought to be. And you, you say, man, I just want to, I wish I had that victory that so-and-so has. Hey, maybe, maybe, just maybe, you ought to start obeying what God says. People all the time talk about worship, don't they? They talk about, you know, worship services. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like the way it sounds. Now you say, that sounds good. I understand. But we don't have on our sign, worship service. We don't have on our tracks, worship service. Because people have the idea that a service is worship. No, it's a service that ought to cause us to worship. I can worship God anytime, and I should. But we have this idea that it's the worship service. So we come to church, listen to whatever songs are played, sing a few songs, listen to a preacher, we go on. We think we've worshiped the Lord. And so what, what happens, we, we think, well, that's worship. And, and, and much of what is called uh, worship is, 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 is really not worship. Now, listen to this. Worship 
is authenticated by obedience. Did you hear that statement? Worship is authenticated by obedience. So I worship the Lord. You know, you know what I, I think is interesting here? The Israelites and Joshua could have said, folks, let's see. Let's, let's get us a worship leader. And let's, let's call someone to be our worship leader. And let's get a, a worship uh, 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 team together. And let's just sing a bunch of songs with a couple words a few times through, and we'll call it worship. Sounds familiar today, doesn't it? We'll call it worship. And, and we, could, we could get all these things together. But I'll tell you what, they could have got a worship leader. He'd had him on his shirt with his shirt tail hanging out and his, and his, and his, and his, his sequins on the back of his britches, you know, as I usually say. And he's up there, and he's got one earring in. Don't know which ear he put it in, or maybe now they're putting them in all of them. I don't know. I just think maybe I'll leave that to the ladies. Amen. But uh, they, they, they got that in there, and what happens? Then all of a sudden, the worship team comes out, and they got the drums over here, and the guitars over there, and the tambourines are tapping on their hips, and man, they're up there just singing and swaying and singing their little songs and, and little choruses there to make everybody feel good. And they think, you know what? If Joshua had done that, the walls would still be standing. That's not what God said do. God said march. He said go around the city, march around it. Can you imagine? You know, the Israelites were a lot like Baptists. They probably griped. Don't you think? You're afraid to say yes because you're Baptist. Don't you think, think man, oh man, we've got to march around again. You know we're going to wear these shoes out. Why well, don't doesn't that, doesn't that old Joshua doesn't he know that I got I got blisters on my feet? But don't they know? Listen, we went we went around that city yesterday, and look, they're still standing there. Those walls don't even have a crack in them. And they did it for six days, didn't they? They marched around. Now, I don't think they all went around with great joy here, but I believe that the man who got the word that Jesus was the was the, the commander in chief and the Lord already said, You've got the victory. I can see Joshua just going on, maybe looking back saying, Folks, come on, keep going. God said it's ours. God said it's ours. Thank the Lord there was a man that said, I'm going to believe God, and he did. He marched around. You see, they were given God's plan and the rules for the victory. The Israelites didn't pick and choose what they wanted to do. Thank the Lord they came under old Joshua who said this, this is what we're going to do. Well, who are you, sir, to think? He says, I'm the man who talked to the commander-in-chief. Well, you just think you're somebody. No, he said, I don't think I'm somebody, but I talked to the commander-in-chief. And the commander-in-chief told me some things, and I'm going to believe him, and I'm going to trust him. Don't you think maybe some of those Israelites had kind of grumbled and griped, and all of a sudden, the seventh day, all of a sudden, he's going to march around it again all these times, and they're marching around thinking, my, oh, my, it's not cracking yet. We're almost done with what they said to do. But when they got around the last time, all of a sudden, the walls crumbled down, and I mean, they went down flat, and the children of Israel walked across that, there into that city. God gave them that. And could you imagine Joshua looking at some of the grumpy grumpy. I was going to say Baptist Israelites out there and look at them and say, hey, I told you so. 
Let me tell you something. One of these days, you may think, well, preacher, I don't think. Now, I'm going to tell you look at this. Our commander-in-chief says we already have a victory. And one of these days, you keep griping and grumbling. We're going to look around at you and say, I told you so. But I want to enjoy the victory now. Not just have, oh, well, now I see. You see what authenticated the whole thing here was the obedience. Obedience to the promise that God made. You say, preacher, I just kind of have a, vic- I have a problem with my victorious Christian life. Well, let me ask you this. Are you obeying the Lord? Are you obeying what God tells you he wants in your life? You say, well, preacher, I just don't know what to do. Well, let, me, let me tell you something. You got a Bible. People say, they go to the bookstore and say, I don't want a book on how to, how to have success in this. Go get you a book that has 66 books in it. Make sure it says on there, King James Bible. And open it up and find out that obedience is a sign of faith. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. The walls fell down. Why? Because of the faith. Think about it. The faith of that man who saw Joshua, when he saw someone standing with a sword, realized it was the Lord. His faith was in God. He got all those Israelites to follow along. Because of that great faith, the walls fell down. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. No matter what the problem, no matter what the trial, no matter what the hardship may be in your life, we have the commander-in-chief. And we can obey him. And then lastly... We must have a different spirit than the world. Look at chapter 6, verse 15. It came to pass on the seventh day that there arose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. They've gone around this city now for, for seven times. Look at verse 16. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priest blew uh, the, with the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord giveth. Give, has, hath given you the city. He said, I want you to shout. Look at verse number 20. So the people shouted. Evidently, they weren't Baptists after all. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, And they took the city. No surprise. God said, I gave it to you before you started. But here's what happened. They didn't get in an argument with everybody. They just obeyed God. The chief priest, the the priest, they blew the trumpet. And then what did the people do? They walked around. They did what they were supposed to, but it wasn't supposed to stop there. I think they had the right spirit because then he said, I want you to shout. Now look at this. Lift up your voice. You know, God's given us a voice. Oh, we use it when we want to. Wouldn't it be something if we use it with a shout once in a while? For the Lord. Just out of our vocal cords would come something rather than, yay, go Steelers. Maybe, yeah, praise the Lord. We need to lift up our voices. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, verse 9, 
O Zion, that bring us good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bring us good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid, say unto the cities of Judah, behold your God. You know, it's time for us to lift our voices. Amen. Lift our voices to the Lord too. That's what they did. There was, realized Jesus, he was the commander in chief. Oh, realized they had to obey him and trust what God said. But then, as I, as I said here, that, that uh, uh, they had to realize that God gave them the, the victory, but then they had the right spirit. What caused them to shout? I believe the right spirit. You know what will take away our amens and our shouting and our praising God? The wrong spirit. I've never seen a sporting game. They had a bunch of silent bleachers unless their team was losing. Ladies and gentlemen, our team is winning. You say, I don't see it. But God already said so. Joshua didn't see it either. So let me close this message with two questions this morning. What is the Jericho or Jerichos in your life? Is it taking God at his word? Preacher, I just, I just, I, I, I know God said, is that your Jericho? Is it an unforgiving spirit? Is it resentment towards somebody? Is it bitterness? Is it a struggle with illness? Is it the loss of a loved one? Is it an addiction? Is it a struggle with family members? Is it a struggle with your emotions? Boy, I covered a lot of areas there. You see, our Jerichos are not a walled city, although our Jerichos of our problems seem like a walled city. I said, man, I can get the victory. Remember who the captain is. Remember who the, ca- the commander-in-chief is. It's the Lord. And God can give you the victory. Amen. Amen. And number two, are you letting God conquer your Jerichos for you? Are you letting God conquer your Jerichos for you? That's what happened here in chapter number six with Israel. How do we do it? Let me just refresh your memory. Acknowledge Jesus as the commander-in-chief of your life. Accept the victory that is already yours. Number three, access the power of God through obedience to his will. And number four, have the right spirit. And what I mean by that is Holy Spirit power. The battle belongs to the Lord. Quit trying to win it yourself. And trust him. And become obedient to him. So many times people say, I just wish I had that victory. Do you know those Israelites would have still been sitting there? 
if they just said, I wish we had victory. I just don't, I don't see walking around going to do it. Just like what we do sometimes, saying, I just don't see why I have to do this and why I should do that. Well, I can still go to heaven and not be baptized. I can still go to heaven and not do this. And I can still go to heaven and not witness. I can still go to heaven and not read my Bible. Yeah, yeah, you can. But I tell you what, you're not going to have victory on the, on the way. These folks have victory because they became obedient. Become obedient to God's word. What was it? One of those areas maybe I called out just a moment ago, or maybe it's an area that, that I didn't even mention, but you know what? You have the Holy Spirit live within you. He probably, you know what it is. Do what God says. He gives us the victory. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the victory that is ours. I'm glad you're my commander-in-chief. I'm glad you're in charge. Lord, I, I can't see the future. I don't know what, what all's going to happen, but I do know this. You told me we win. You told me that you give me the victory. And God, I'm trusting you. Help us today to be a people that will be obedient to you. May we understand, even as we go through life, realizing we already have the victory in Jesus. And Father, help us to have the right spirit. Help us to behave like who we are. Help us to lift our voices for you. May our silence be no more. But may we lift our voices. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning, maybe you're here, you're not sure you're saved. Oh, by all means, you need to trust Christ as your Savior. I wonder if there'd be anyone this morning who said, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Slip your hand up. Anyone, preacher, I don't know that I'm going to heaven. I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Anyone this morning, Christian this morning, preacher, I know I'm saved, but you know, I got some problems. Hey, why don't you look to the commander in chief today? I'm not your answer, but I gave you the answer today. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what the situation, what your, what your, your Jericho is, but you know what it is. You know that thing that you're having a problem with? Why don't you become obedient to the commander-in-chief and ask the Holy Spirit for help? And you can have victory too. In a moment, we're going to have an invitation. If you're not sure you're saved, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. Maybe you're here this morning. Just God spoke to your heart. The altar is open as always. Just do what God says. Father, bless this invitation time now. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.